Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to another installment of Internationally Beloved Podcast <laughs> in bed with Nick and Megan. And by Internationally Beloved, I mean Nick and I like it. Um, this week, very, very extra, super duper special guest stars because, and historic, a historic occasion is being marked. This is the actual first time that we've had another couple, a married couple, a proper double date, a romantic partnership with us in our, vir- well, in our virtual bed today. Um, so we're very excited. Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson. And you guys, I'm not going to list their credits because if you don't know who they are, then you also don't know what a podcast is and you're not going to be hearing this. So it's not a problem. All right. Got that out of the way. Hi, guys. How fun. Hi. 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 We've always Um, threatened to do this. We've always threatened to get together and go out and have a meal or a drink or something. And here we are for the first time doing it (laughs) and recording it. It's a little strange. Our double date. Yeah. It's like what Pixar would have us do for our first double date. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I don't want to play favorites, but I do feel like there aren't very many celebrity couples, uh, really, when you stop and think about it, but there aren't any better ones than us. (laughs) (laughs) There aren't any cuter celebrity couples than you guys or us. So did we just alienate everyone who hates celebrities and then the celebrities that are couples? Yeah. So, so there's no yeah. one left. No. There's um, no one left. So this is now a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we don't normally refer to ourselves as a celebrity couple, but under the circumstances, I mean, it has to be pointed out. So, uh, you guys, what in the world? How are you doing? We're, we're actually doing we're 
really well. We were we were doing amazing until about an hour before this <laughs> podcast <laughs> when we started like um, uncontrollably fighting with each other. Oh no! <laughs> um, fear, fear kicked I, in. I don't, and it really wasn't fear of talking to you guys. It was m- much more fear of the fact Computers. that that we have a really crappy old computer and we are extremely challenged as far as, you know, any, any sort of (laughs) electronical devices. And so I think both of us got like wigged out about it. And then we just started uh, kind of carping at each other. And before Mm. that we've had actually quite a few weeks of, kind of bliss but so but. you will be associated forever with our first fight in the last three weeks <laughs> <laughs> all right we, well uh, we're happy to be we, a part of anything concerning you guys yeah we we simply incite passion in your house right. there you yes, go there, there, it is. <laughs> there you go hi guys it is nice to see you wow yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, this is that your office i'm seeing there no, we don't have an office because uh, what would you put in an office? Like a computer or something? Oh, What's right, right. Yeah, Which we don't have an office either. either. Done. Yeah. This is, um, this is our kitchen. And if we were to turn um, the um, iPad around, you would see that we're in our kitchen. And there's a jigsaw puzzle um, on the table. We've got one right here too. That's so funny. Um, I found four pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good day. (laughs) It's the New York, one of the New Yorker cover jigsaw puzzles. They're very challenging. And, um, but our friend Will Forte got us kind of hooked back into jigsaw puzzles. So, so there it is. The whole outside, that. the rim uh, edges are all done. Yeah. But nothing on the inside is done, which is kind of like us. It's like, let's do the easy part. Yeah. yeah. And someday we'll <laughs> fill in the rest. We're constantly, we almost always have a puzzle going. Right now we've got two going. Um, there's this great puzzle company called Liberty Puzzles. Have we ever... No, we probably haven't oh, talked to you about I this. I think I saw some of those. I yes, I think we have one of those in in um, uh, up in Martha's Vineyard. We we had a Liberty puzzle. Those are cool. The wooden ones. Yes. Yeah, they're so pretty, and um, we just we actually went on their website yesterday to thinking we might get more, but they're not delivering right now because we're all under quarantine, and they're in Colorado, which is now under quarantine. Where did where did you grow up, Megan? Oklahoma City. Aha! Uh-huh. I say aha yeah. because uh-huh, I've never been to Oklahoma. Oh uh, well, and, I wouldn't rush out, but I mean, nice people there. And then you lived there until when? I'm going to take over this interview. And yeah, then, wait a uh, second. <laughs> well, and and I don't want to. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not Oklahoma City bashing. I'm just saying, like, it's not like a super popular vacation destination, or I. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Have, do you still have family there? 
Now, uh, well, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, let me revise that. My uncle and uh, some cousins are still there, and a bunch of friends who are like family because I've a lot of friends I've known since first grade. So they're there, and then Nick's from a small town outside of well, you probably know that outside of Chicago called Manuka, and he's got a gigantic family. Uh, but that's a pretty small, it's getting bigger, but yeah. it's a pretty small, like agriculturally based town. Is that related in any way to the fact that Manuka honey is called Manuka honey? Just no, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a different spelling. Okay. Um, but both, uh, both are pollen based communities. <laughs> <laughs> but where are you guys from? Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, yes. And I'm from North Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh my wow. gosh. This yeah. is like a first double date. That's very charismatic. So At some point we need to ask each other how we, we met our respective partners. We'll save that for later in the podcast. Any, Ted, anytime. Ted, by the way, has one of the most exotic upbringings of anybody I know. In Flagstaff? Yeah, it was it was exotic, I guess, because um, my father was an archaeologist and uh, the director of a museum in Flagstaff. And the museum had been uh, created to not only be a natural history museum, but to also to support the arts, crafts and the culture of the Hopi, Navajo, Zuni, Pueblo Indians in that Four Corners area. So um, a lot of the... Uh, People who worked there were Hopi or Navajo, and it was outside of town. So my only friends were my Hopi Navajo friends and my rancher's sons and daughters friends. So um, it was literally jump on horses and ride this way or that way or do whatever, you know. Yeah, out, back. Yeah, out the door at eight, you know, back before dark kind of upbringing. And uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. The Hopi live on these three mesas where they've lived forever, you know, and never went to war with the United States. So they're living in the same, so they never got moved. So they're living in the same houses and plazas that they have for the last eight, 900 years. So oh, wow. it was, it was really, yeah, it was a pretty God, amazing. that sounds like a dream. Yeah, it really was. It was like, yeah, I'd go, I'd go to, uh, we heard one of your a podcast talking about Catholic, you, Nick, your Catholic kind of church. So I would go to an Episcopalian church on Sunday with my mother and family and all of that. And, but then we'd be playing on another weekend, we'd be playing around these plazas on the Hopi villages that had the Kachinas dancing and praying to their gods, you know, as they had forever. And it, it all felt the same to me, all felt very equal. I was very lucky to have that kind of different cultures right in my face growing up. Oh, man, that is yeah. so cool. That's a pretty blasphemous <laughs> point of view, Ted. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, man, we just took a drive, um, a little road trip back in December and January, and we went through, it was all Southwest, basically, I mean, our turnaround point was Oklahoma City, uh, but we went through Arizona, New Mexico, and 
came back you, via Marfa, Texas. It was so lovely. Were you in a van or just a car, car kind of thing? Did we, you, were you? We tried to do, uh, uh, a friend of ours has like a, a, a fitted out sprinter van, you know, that you can kind of half camp in. Yeah, it's a Mercedes uh, camper. <laughs> It's Don't worry, really that's what I nice. pictured. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we couldn't we couldn't find one uh, at at the time, and so we just got like a big SUV, like a Tahoe, um, yeah. and we had our our three dogs with us. And in fact, I, I went to a very friendly uh, uh, veterinarian's office in in Flagstaff. Ah, oh wow! They, they took very good care of me. That's Mary's dream, really, is to to take road trips. I love road trips. Yeah, we, do too. we had such so much fun. I, I think it's a it's a wonderful uh, free roaming sensibility. Perhaps after our jobs that require so much surgical focus and and scheduling and like meticulous uh, focusing of our energies to then hit the open road. Uh, is is a wonderful getaway. Um, re- the reason I asked about your background there is because Mary, I've heard you're such a great interior designer, and I keep oh. trying to finagle an invite over to your house so I yes, can check it you, out. Well, you, you will have one as as soon <laughs> as medically possible. <laughs> <laughs> right, as um, soon as we're allowed. It's, it's I've seen your house, and I I loved it. I loved, it's definitely the house of, um, of artists and people, um, who have such a beautiful and unique eye. And I was enchanted by it. I, I've thought about it actually quite a bit. Um, and since being there, it's really special. And, um, I, I love houses that when you go to their house, you know who they are a little bit better. And it's strange to me when you go to a house and you leave and you don't know anything more about those people than you did before you went there. Yeah, so, um, I agree. So, is, is it something you ever considered doing for a living? No, um, I was part owner of a store and a design business um, for years, and it's a wonderful um, store that is now, he was my former partner's store, it's called Rooms and Gardens, and he does a beautiful job at some Montana Avenue in LA. But um, no, it's, for me, it's just seeing things I love. I have really honestly no real expertise it's just um falling in love with little things and i grew up in a in um a house about the size of our kitchen and uh we were actually very happy there um there were some things that were hard about it but i don't associate having a big space with happiness so um I love our house. It's cozy. That's so me nice. Me too. I have to, let me just jump in on Mary because before music came along for Mary, color, I have to say, if she, if you were to get up, if you were looking at uh, paintings or, or magazines that had, you know, color, uh, you would stay up 
It would stimulate you're you to the point where. You're gonna make me sound where, even weirder than I. No, no. Before. It's like you. I will. Mary will. Mary will find something, uh, and then a year later, whether it's a lamp or something like that, and then a year later, say, you know, oh, this will go perfectly with this. You remember colors. I don't remember colors. Oh, uh, yeah, I have that. Yeah, I that's think. exactly. I, yeah. uh, what uh, Megan does as well. And it's, it's uncanny. That's a great example. Like she'll we'll be across the country and she'll see a piece of art and say, Oh, finally, this has that fuchsia that the, our, the cushions on our couch have. Although and she'll stand back and like squint one eye. Yeah. Although I feel like it's important to say that, um, I, we do, I love art and we have some nice pieces, but I've always, uh, just bought what I like. And I also don't believe in, I believe in designing the room around the art, not designing the art, not getting art to match a room. I don't right. believe in that. I think Same. that's cheating. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so yeah. nice. I, I want, I wanted to, I, for a while when I wasn't getting work back in the eighties, I, I considered trying to enroll in UCLA for interior design I thought it would be, that's definitely what I would have, would have done or might still do. I don't know. <laughs> I, we have a daughter that's amazing at it and, and, um, she's, um, an interior designer, so I can live vicariously through her projects. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I love helping friends that ask me to help them with it. And I love, um, just, you know, kind of, we change our house around now and then a little bit and add and subtract. So that's enough for me. Also, I have that disease that you have when you're an actor and you're used to things going up overnight, you know, because (laughs) we, we, um, we're so used to sets that, you know, you walk onto the set and here's your house, here's your character's <laughs> house. And it was built in five days, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, it's not really the way the rest of the world works. And, and of yeah. course they're, they're not really built to withstand anything, but. So, so naturally we watch HGTV nonstop. I oh, yeah. do. We do watch a lot of Where HGTV. kitchens cost $15,000 and go up in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I want to hear, I, Ted, we're going to get to your, all the fascinating things about you shortly, but I, Mary, talk about your new career in music. This is so fascinating. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's a career. I don't I I I do and don't think of it that way. But what happened to me was that um, April seventeenth, two thousand and seven, I had a, a minor surgery on my right arm, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, and then, but I did have to go under general anesthetic, and I came out from under the surgery and. I felt very strange, but I didn't worry about that because I'd just gone under general anesthetic. So I figured in a day or so I'll feel normal. Um, But I kept not feeling like myself. And the best way I can describe it is that you have an experience your whole life of of how the, the inside of your mind sounds, you know, the 
your thoughts, you know, the, the, whether or not you sometimes let music in, um, all of a sudden mine had music at the forefront of it all day, all night. And every single thing that anyone said turned into music and melodies would go past. And if I would see a street sign, the street sign became musical rather than just being a spoken thing or, or a reading thing. It was a musical thing. And, um, it, in the beginning was sort of tumultuous and hard and scary. And I felt like, um, I felt like something, um, I, I wasn't happy about it. And then, uh, after a couple of months of not sleeping very well, I, I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and said, this isn't gonna change. You're going to have to start dealing with it. And the way to deal with it is to probably study music. Um, and so, um, having never had any ambition at all, um, as a musician or a songwriter, I began now realizing it was the only thing I could do with this. And so I started studying first, um, songwriting structure because I didn't really know a verse from a chorus. I I didn't even know what a lot of the musical terms meant. And then I had taken piano as a kid, but I had not been very diligent about practicing and I had forgotten how to read music and, and, um, I didn't, I certainly didn't know how to play music. And, um, but I started trying to sing for another musician, what I heard in my head and he, um, a guy named Mike Benjamin on Martha's Vineyard that's a very talented singer and musician. And, and so together we um, kind of laboriously put together this collection of songs that I would kind of fashion out of what I heard in my head. And then I sent those with him singing and him playing. I sent those to um, a music a lawyer that a friend of mine knew of, and I put someone else's name, my mother's name on there. And because I didn't want him to work with me if he didn't like the material just to be nice, you know, mm. or, um, and so, um, so he called my manager and said, no, I do. I want to work with that kid that you sent me the music. And, and my manager goes, yeah, kid's not going to quite describe her, but I'll send her in to me. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, I went in and uh, he was like, Mary Steenburgen. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's me. That's my music. And so we've been that's working together. Kid. Yeah. And so uh, I started writing first by myself and then I eventually um, started writing for Universal um, Music Publishing Group, and they encouraged me to go to Nashville. And it was really in Nashville that that I learned to write. Um, that's where everything started to make sense to me. And 
it was scary and hard. And I was always the, the I had, it, you have to be really humble when you have one career, but you start a whole other thing, you know, at the age that, that I am. Um, I'm most, I, I still write with a lot of Nashville people. We write for mostly what I've been doing um, lately is doing the music for an animated film, doing the songs for an animated film. But uh, this past year I had, I wrote uh, with Caitlin Smith and Kate York, who are two great Nashville writers, we wrote um, the end credit. Well, it's like the end song that uh, Jesse Buckley performs in Wild Rose in the movie Wild Rose. And, oh wow! And um, that song, uh, we were honored to tie with Elton John and Bernie Taupin for uh, the Critics' Choice Award for Best Song. Wow. Um, so, uh, it was, it's been, um, it's been an interesting journey. The biggest part of it being saying yes and learning to say yes to something. And also, um, not letting fear and, or embarrassment or shyness in my case, or a lot of other things stop you from, from doing it. And that's been important to me because there have been many times that um, that I could have just said, this is ridiculous and I'm, I'm going to stop because everybody I know is more talented at this than me. But I, I've learned um, a lot and I've been doing it since 2007. So at this point, I, I'm proud of, of um, to say that I'm a songwriter and and I really, really enjoy it and love it. And it's extremely important and meaningful to me. Gosh, that is just absolutely fascinating. That is so inspiring. It really is. <laughs> um, so do you write uh, mostly melodies or do you, are you able to, you know, write parts for instruments or orchestrate things? We mostly do... Um, I mostly write songs, so they they have lyrics. And I, when we write together, when I write, especially with my Nashville and now more and more also LA um, collaborators, we don't really differentiate between writing the melodies and writing uh, the lyrics. You just kind of, in my case, I sing what I hear. By the way, rarely are I, I've, I've recorded myself singing almost none of my music because I write with really uh, incredible people that are usually far more gifted than me as far as a voice. And so, um, but in the process, this is my, my fastest instrument to work with is my own voice. I, I've taught myself enough piano that I'm able to also communicate now with the piano. And then for some weird reason, the first instrument that I started was the accordion. Um, but I don't use it to write. I just use it to play weird French cafe music to amuse myself. But that's that so ends? cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it. So, Gosh. I mean, what, what our listeners are obviously going to be dying to know 
is what is this minor arm surgery and where can we get it performed on ourselves? <laughs> I tried it. Forgot it. I love nothing. It. Got me so, nothing. So your Damn theory it. is that when you went under anesthesia that it it unlocked some hidden proclivity in your brain that had been buried or... I don't think it unlocked a talent. I think what it might have done... Um, you know, my grandmother was very musical, so it would make sense that in my genetic makeup, there was some, um, little leaning toward music, but it, it either opened up some little channel to that part of my brain, or it somehow removed, uh, I guess the impediment to it. I, I don't, I, I don't really you know, somehow, somehow allowed me to believe, uh, to stop myself from, from doing it, you know, that I no longer was going to say no to it. I don't know what happened. There's, there's a book by Dr. Oliver Sacks called Musicophilia. That's about people who had a previously normal relationship to music. And then because of some disturbance to the brain, um, and I think some of the examples are struck by lightning or a car accident or even a brain tumor that that the person developed an obsessive relationship to music. So I didn't suddenly become necessarily talented at writing music. I did become obsessed with writing music. And that obsession led me to studying it and saying yes to it. And I'm still um, learning and, and will be for the rest of my life, um, how to express myself musically. But the interesting thing is, um, you know, when, when you're a kid, everybody says to you, don't say you can't do something because you can do, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I said that to my kids, everybody says it to their kids. And then there's some mysterious, day where nobody says that to you anymore. <laughs> like you're, you're right. done, you're done, you're cooked, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I think I'm not someone who's ever quite believed that that was right. And maybe that was somehow it re just removed my, you know, any, any part of me that was trying to resist it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened to me, but it did. I mean, it was, it was, it was day specific. It was me being married to, to someone who was like this on one day. And then the next day she was, or maybe the next week or whatever, when I, you know, noticed, uh, somebody different, you know, wow. it, really, it really was, it really was, uh, I mean, Mary loves to act and will always love to act, but I watch her kind of go to heaven when she's around music. It just lights her up so completely. Yeah, it was different. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I don't get the whole, you know, the mysterious aspect of it. It's, it seems cool and mysterious, but I have a, a reaction to music that's different from anything else. And that's the time where I feel that I'm really happy and in my element is when I'm playing music and, um, everything else is fine, <laughs> but I really, music is my first thing. And, and it's not something that 
you know, anybody necessarily really, not very many people even know that I do it. And, but yeah, well, funny how it works. We do. We, so we saw <laughs> you, um, we saw you and Stephanie Hunt do um, your show, Nancy and Beth, um, at the Largo. Um, yeah. Most amazing a, evening. That I, I, so now that you've heard my story, you, you might know why I was, um, I, well, I hope I expressed that I was really um, obsessed with it and because it was such a creative, beautiful, unique, um, utterly original evening of your um, song and dance. I've never seen anything your like body, it. Your body was like, both of you were like, your body had the music in it. It was just truly amazing. Thank you. That that yeah. that aspect of it has been so fun because, uh, you know, I get to choreograph and I, I started as a dancer and I was in a ballet company for years in high school, junior high and high school. Um, and then, you know, I've just danced a little bit like in musicals, but to be able to go back to that and especially to be able to choreograph is so fun and to make something just to just make the thing that we want to do exactly what we want to do and what we think is interesting or good or funny or whatever, and then have people respond to it has, has been so um, meaningful. Because I don't, you know, I think as actors, we don't have autonomy like that in our work. And um, to be able to create something from the ground up and have people seem to enjoy it has been really uh, great. I feel like I could also have this kind of relationship with music um, if, I mean, we also read that Oliver Sacks book and about the being the, struck by lightning and whatnot. So Megan and I are working towards hopefully, <laughs> I'm hoping my, my first orgasm will... Uh, <laughs> will ignite this yeah. kind of relationship. He's been pacing himself. So he didn't want to rush into anything. Fingers crossed. I have the, I've got my fingers crossed. I have this image of you. I have this image of you in the middle of a storm on the peak of your roof, doing all sorts of terrible things to yourself in the hope of. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, bring my clarinet. <laughs> well, that is just a really, really, really amazing thing. I, I want to hear some of your music, which um, I'm sure I can do if I just go online. Um, and I'm excited about it. That's so cool. I bet everybody after listening to this podcast is going to immediately Google that. And well, if you uh, watch the movie Wild Rose, Jesse Buckley's amazing in it. And at the, very great, end, great at the very I, end of the movie, she sings the song that we wrote. Oh, so cool. Well, that's um, that's on my list of the next, you know, in the next week or two, we'll be getting to that. Um, now, Ted, which um, uncanny abilities have you cultivated nothing. in recent years? <laughs> nothing. You're yeah. literally nothing. You're about, you're about due for an act, too. <laughs> you know what he does well? Looking nothing. good. Nothing. I mean, this, this, uh, this particular period in the world, the history of the world we're all, where we're all just secluded and you can't go off and act has revealed to me that I have nothing. <laughs> Besides acting, nothing. Do you 
read? God, uh, yeah, I, I do read. I enjoy that. Okay. Uh, I can amuse myself, but as far as being productive or creative, it really is uh, acting. I mean, I, uh, I felt that way when I discovered it, you know, as a 20-year-old. It was like a light bulb went off and it was like, oh, thank God, there's, there is something <laughs> for me in this world. And uh, people, people say, you know, you always get that interview question. So what would you do if you weren't an actor? Well, I am discovering the answer to that because usually I make some sort of quip about, oh, I'd be a butler. And uh, it turns out that I was right. I, I, I'm a good butler during this particular time. But Amen to that. It's, 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 we don't have to get particularly heavy, but it's amazing to strip yourself of all of the uh, trappings that you identify yourself with and that you kind of take for granted and pretend like it's not really you, that I am, I'm way more complicated and, and enlightened to think that just this one thing, acting, is what I hang my hat on. But boy, I hang my hat on acting. Uh, I walk <laughs> around in this kind of unreal world of people recognizing me and saying, oh, we love you, you make us laugh, or da-da-da-da-da. And now all of a sudden, when you take that contact away i am i am gobsmacked okay i'm I getting the message i got it i need to praise you a you're lot more you're so great have <laughs> i ever told you, you. Okay. what cheers has meant to me <laughs> okay but now see uh what's uncanny about me is i believe you the three of you just now, and I, I'm so grateful. And Thank you feel you. better? Yeah, I do well, feel better. The good thing is, since if acting is where you're going to hang your hat, um, without, I, I haven't looked anything up. That's our practice. We do no research for our podcast. <laughs> but I could just, I yeah, can we, rattle we bill off it as a gimmick, but it's really just because we're lazy. From Cheers to Becker, there's some three men and a baby movies. You got your. Uh, damages, CSI, Thin Red Line, Fargo, The Good Place, Fargo. Thank you. To Thank name you but a few. Jason oh, Schwartzman, what was name, that show? Please no, name I, Bored to Death. Which Bored is to Death. death. That's what you said. Another yeah, another series. Love, love to that death. series. Yes. And so thank great. you. Thank you for the Thin Red Line. I wasn't in it, but uh, I do appreciate it. <laughs> He'll take the credit. Okay, no. so so... I did the math. And you were even great not being in that. Thanks. That's how good you are. <laughs> well done, you. You're Thank just you. that Since good. Since 1982, <laughs> you've had 11 days off. So if you want, if you want to discover your your next talent, you're going to have to give yourself a little more time. Yeah, that's well, true. Uh, yeah, come, coming my way. You're yeah. hobbling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. So I, you know, we were, you're saying that, you know, this, during this time when we're all sequestered and left to our own devices, um, what, you know, on this, uh, this podcast, we're not really supposed to get overly topical about what's going on in the, that moment in time, because we don't know when the episodes will air, but guess what? We kind of have to, because yeah, it's what's for dinner. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that something lasting of value will come out of this, whether it's a sense of community or creativity or uh, any number of other good things. Um, what's your feeling on that? I well, I want to say the answer to that for me also has something to do with what you just said. And that is that we've been together now since 1993. I'm bad at math, but it's like in the 20s, 20-something. 27. Okay. And um, during all that time and before that time, Ted puts hours and hours and hours of his time into working very specifically environmentally on um, on making a difference to the world's oceans. So um, I let you express how you're not good at anything else, but I know I was going to. It would be remiss if if I, who live with him and who actually sees how much time he devotes to this and energy and money and care and uh, thoughtfulness. And uh, he's mostly now for years worked with Oceana, which if people want to read what they've been up to, it's Oceana.org. But it's been, you know, because I I know a lot of actors who get involved with something for a season or a moment or a, a, as long as that causes in the front of everybody's brain, but he's done this day in and day out, year in, year out, ever since I've known him and before. And um, one of the things that I think that is happening is that um, I think all of us are starting to realize um, and appreciate both the beauty and the fragility of the planet. And people that maybe used to even make fun of him originally when you were doing it and people, um, talk radio, people would, um, talk about how silly it is. It, it doesn't all seem so silly anymore. And, um, and I just want to say that I've really always admired it because you don't toot your own horn about it, but you do talk about it. Um, and you've even written a book called Oceana. And that um, that is one of uh, 
the main things I mm. adore about him. And so when you talk about how you're not talented at anything no. other than yeah. being a fabulous actor, I have to disagree. <laughs> no, I, you know, yes, that's, that's true. And thank you. Thank you for that. And two things. Um, I, I guess everything I do, you know, acting is about community. It's about relationship. It's about you, you, you know, it's about your little troop of players and you are in community. And now we're not in community. And I think that it's hard to be in community. You can't go up and hug and hang and talk. And, you know, it's much more online and by necessity and rightfully so and all of that. So I think that kind of uh, not just me, but I'm sure the entire world is staggered by not being able to go hug your your parents or your children or your if you're not living in the same house, all of that stuff. So the community part, I guess, is uh, wh what I love about acting, what I love about doing television, especially for me, was the repertories, uh, ensemble like uh, nature of most television shows. I love going to work with the same people every day and getting to know them over the years. I cherish that. And to have that taken away momentarily or whatever this moment is, I think is what kind of staggers my brain sometimes. Uh, and then going back to what we hope that we kind of come away with from this and without getting preachy or anything, it's, you know, I think we can all see uh, how important science is, because when we talk about saving people's lives and, and respirators, all of that stuff that is going on in hospitals in this desperate way, uh, this life and death way, is science. The machines that are saving us our lives and are helping us breathe are, are created out of science and the the medicine and the everything that we now are depending on is so clearly science that I hope that we can, as a world, as a uh, as a country especially, can bring science back in, not as this, you know, this evil, dark thing that is contrary to to a religious belief, but it is something that is, mm. you know. That is, uh, it's on the same side of spirituality. It is the same thing. And, and if, you know, if you can see how clearly the science is helping us live and breathe right this moment, then extend that out to, to uh, allow science to also say, hey, things have changed on this earth. And you may not like the phrase climate change, but whatever, things have changed and we are going to need to and get to depend more and more on science. So, you know, I, I, I hope we end up coming out of this celebrating and embracing science as a country. Oh, I love that, Chad. Amen to that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, science is about, you know, the betterment of life for everyone in yeah. a multitude of ways. Yeah, and yeah, instead of uh, instead of a, a dark uh, force, it's actually if if you pay attention to it, especially in this moment, uh, it's actually a great source of light. And the more yeah. of it we are able to learn, the more enlightened we become. And well, it'll give us the opportunity to have more religious epiphanies. Yeah, <laughs> we, can, we can stick around and. Uh, and <laughs> Perform uh, some more ceremonies. 
I, I'd like to just say that uh, that I did in the fifth grade in shop build a little wooden stool that you could step on to reach uh, things higher, and I I actually did fall off of it because the the legs were kind of round, <laughs> the bottoms of them instead of flat. So uh, I kind of I fell off it and sprained my ankle. So I have this huge admiration for anyone who can create magic with wood. And uh, I I had no idea when I first met you that you are a serious what would you call it woodworker woodmaker woodworker yeah, just, just woodworker. But but not only are you good and have a shop and you create things of beauty that you know are desired by. Uh, many people, but you also know so much about the other people in your field and your craft. I love that we both knew someone who was a boat maker in Martha's Vineyard and that I started to talk about him. And then you actually told me you spent like two weeks with him because you were writing a book about him. Yeah. Uh, part of a book. Yeah. Uh, Nat Benjamin. Yeah, Benjamin. He's of- amazing. Gannon and Benjamin Boatyard yes. and Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, he's, I mean, he he's in my, he and his partner, Ross Gannon, in my brain, they're legendary. They sort of, the inception of their boatyard was in the 70s when fiberglass was taking over the world of pleasure boating. And they said, you know what, this just doesn't have the class or the charisma or the the integrity that wooden boats have. So let's stick with wooden boats while everybody else is going to these more modern materials. And so in my head, I, I've, I've cast them as Nat Benjamin is the Willie Nelson and Ross Gannon is the Paul Newman of <laughs> wooden boat building. And they, they both have a, a, a wonderful sort of cantankerous sensibility. They have a sort of wizardry, you know. They, they bring all the, the stories and lore and wisdom of, of literal, you know, seafaring, like maritime uh, wise men. And, and, and that was one of the first things he said to me was uh, that he was friends with Ted Danson. And I, I said... The, the the good looking one and he said yeah that's the one um all right as promised how did you guys meet well we've met three times before we act we we fell in love met worked together fell in love on a film in 1995 but before that we had met each other uh socially um we the first time i uh Met Mary. She was the star of. Uh, I'm blanking. It's called Cross Creek. Cross Creek. Yeah. And that's why I didn't get the part. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I auditioned for her husband, and I remember. You auditioned to play my husband. Yes, and I remember <laughs> it was raining, and she was a little bit late to the audition. I saw her run up these stairs, and then they called me into the room, and I literally remember where I sat, we disagree with each other on whose side was on. I was over on that side of you. And so I remember that. And um, then we met at a Henry Winkler barbecue birthday party in his backyard. And, <laughs> you know, just a high, high kind of thing. And then we met uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, for President Clinton's inauguration. And 
uh, met at some dinner. And those are the three times. And then we then we met on this film. And that, that that's where the story begins, really. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, Nick and I met in 2000 doing a little equity waiver play together in Los Angeles over on the east side of town. And um, we were the, we held the dubious honor of being the only two cast members that who the director had passionately fought to keep from being cast in the play. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, you know, we, we, I think we remember the, the moment that we actually met like so well and yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm still minding my manners. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Um, but so I I think it's safe to say that we both have really unusually great marriages. Maybe seems yes. like. Yes, so we what's do. the secret to that? One wonders. Knock on wood. I mean, uh, for me, it's because I'm madly in love, and because it's Mary Steenburgen, and um, so it's kind of easy. Uh, but, but to be more specific, uh, well, no, I think, I think you, I think you got to be madly in love. It really helps. And then really you know, that, that comes and goes as far as your experience, you know, it was, experiencing it was gone other, about 15 minutes, 15 minutes ago, but, but you know, <laughs> fear, fear, you know, a little fear can make it disappear for a second or two, but you know. Um, we laugh a lot. Um, I would what, say that's a huge part of it for me. But and, also, and, you, you know, let, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. But it's like, if I could be a woman, I would be Mary. Uh, I love how she loves her, her uh, being a woman. I love how she has self-esteem. I love that she doesn't need me. She may need me now because we, that's the, you know, for being in love, you end up, one of the things you end up doing is desperately needing each other, but only by kind of choice. She was very independent. And um, I'm just sorry, it's hard to describe why you love somebody, but I do. Oh, <laughs> and, so nice. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we try to be scrupulous about telling the truth, you know, especially the ugly little teeny silly ones. Uh, mm. So, yeah. And I, and I think we um, we don't take our relationship for granted because mm -hmm. we, bo we both um, had to steer down some of our own crap before we ever met each other. We, we you know, we were both in other marriages and other relationships and um, you don't really grow from those unless you figure out what you, what your part of that not working was. And I think we had both done a lot of that soul searching and, and, um, I think we were kind to each other like the, and mm -hmm. there's, we thank each other for the littlest cup of tea or coffee in the morning or whatever. Um, there's like a kindness that that is constantly acknowledged yeah i think and again not to make ourselves sound like we're perfect because literally we did just we, <laughs> argue that before oh. but 
love, but most of the time we're, um, we're really appreciative to get to spend this life together. And for me, uh, he's, he's a very, it's so funny because I remember walking behind him (laughs) when we were going to go, uh, do this movie together. They, they had asked me to fly to San Francisco and meet with he and the director. Um, and, uh, one other person, but it was the purpose of it was to see if we had chemistry and, Mm. and (laughs) I kind of knew that if he, he could nix my being cast because like most films, the guy was cast and it was like, let's figure out who the woman's going to be. So, I I hoped that we would get along, you know, and I had um, I had just gotten out of a relationship and I'd also been up for about 48 hours finishing the movie I was doing. And I flew to San Francisco and I was so strung out and tired, but I tried to, you know, check in the hotel, splash water on my face, put on a nice dress and we went to this restaurant to have dinner and see if we liked each other. And the first thing I really remember is that he was waiting. Now be careful because this is in important. the bar area uh, to greet me, which was very sweet. And, and that he had hair down to his shoulders um, and all of it was fake. It was, there it was little beads. It was extensions. They were extensions. And, but I was so proud of them. I loved them. And I walked behind him as we went to our table. And and I'm tall. So it was, he struck me as quite tall because he's quite a bit taller than me. So that I, I'm walking behind this tall man who is tossing his fake hair back and forth (laughs) so proudly. And I remember literally thinking, oh my God, this is the most ridiculous creature I've ever met. That's what I remember. That's my first I did not peg you as the extensions type, Ted. Well, it was was a film. It was a film. I was doing a film. Yeah, Yeah, it was for a character. Oh my God. Um, But oh my God, I love that hair. Yeah, he was in love with it. That hair, that long gone hair. But, But so we do like to make each other laugh. I mean, when I hear you laugh at something I do, it's like music to my heart. One other thing, though, I, changing the subject, but on the same line here, there's a trust. When you realize that the other the person you're with is going to be willing to look at their stuff, then you are willing to look at your stuff. So there's a trust trust that if I am vulnerable you are going to also be vulnerable and you know that there's not a i i will reveal my part of this and you'll go you know yep you're wrong you know am i saying that right i will i can always trust mary to look at her side of what's going on even Mm -hmm. when we're angry with each other which is such a relief because some people don't do that right and then you're you're playing the game of you know, trying to be honest and real and look at yourself by yourself. And that's impossible. No, there, yeah, there has to be a tacit understanding that you will both be equally vulnerable and, and, you know, you come into it with flaws and foibles and say, okay, let's, let's do our best here, given whatever hands of cards we've been dealt. 
Yeah, I mean, I that was such a beautiful way that you guys both described your relationship. And I, I have to say that I felt like I was mentally ticking off the boxes along with you. I, it's I, really nice I to also hear that. love to have funny hair. Uh, yes, that <laughs> is something that you, you have in common, <laughs> Ted and Nick. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Ted, please tell the story um, when I, I really feel like I heard you tell this on a talk show. Is that crazy? You, f- you got on a plane, you had to fly to New York and you wanted oh. Mary to go with you and you were so mad because she yes. didn't want to go. Well, not, not, I, I don't know. If I, I, um, I can't remember why I was going to New York, but Mary you, was- You were going to go do the actor's studio. Oh, right. Thing. Right. Um, you know that talking to the yeah. Mr. Lip, Lipton? Was that yeah. 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 James Lipton. Uh, James, James Lipton. Lipton. And so I was going to go and- uh, Mary and I both hoped that she could come, but she couldn't because it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving, and she had to be with the kids and grandkids and cook and prepare for Thanksgiving. And I got it; I understood. And so she was so sweet. She was cooking. She was literally cooking on the stove in uh, probably a bathrobe and turned and kissed me goodbye. I'm so sorry. I can't be with you. And it, w- it was a few days before Thanksgiving, but I was making pies and right. I was, yes, brown. But I mean, but she had pot, you know, flour on her face. She had in a brown her, bathrobe. The whole deal. And uh, <laughs> I walk off the, off, I walk out the door and driven to the uh, airport. And it, it was one of those days where uh, as a celebrity walking through the airport was particularly uh uh, there was a lot of it. And I couldn't go five feet without, you know, having to stop and pose or do something. And not everyone was. Anyway, I was starting to get slightly impatient and put upon. Sorry. But uh, that was the truth. I was a little put upon by everyone taking pictures of me as I walked through the airport. Which and you're normally incredibly gracious I, I, about. I'm normally a spectacular human being. Uh, but that particular day, I was not. And I was getting grumpier and grumpier. And when I finally got on uh, uh, on the plane, it was like, oh, thank goodness. And I I walk and I turn into uh, turn to the left to go to my seat. And there's somebody right by the cockpit. Uh, and he and I think he was even in like a uh, a, a uniform, uh, like of the airline, with a camera just videotaping me as I come down the aisle. And I'm like, what the fuck? Come on. This is just way too much. And uh, I, I, uh, I walk by and I see some lady sitting in my seat. So I, uh, so I keep going and I, I want to get behind the guy with the cameras to give my jacket to the, to the attendant. And, and he's still spinning like this close to me, like, you know, a foot away. 
with this stupid grin on his face, <laughs> videotaping me. And I'm really miffed. And then I walk back down towards my seat, which is like three or four feet away. And this diva is with a baseball cap and dark glasses is sitting in my seat. I check my ticket and I go, you know, it's like, oh, all right, whatever. I said, I, you're, you're fine. <laughs> and I put my, put my bag across, you know, leaned across her and put my bag on my seat. And oh, then, well, you, you love aisle seats yes. and she, she, the diva was sitting in my seat. So anyway, <laughs> I, then I go then. Uh, sorry, I reverse Then I go to hand my jacket. No, that's when I go to take my jacket off and I have my cell phone in my hand and I stick it in my mouth so I can take my jacket off and I didn't have my hands free. And there's, it turns out I turn look and it's Mary who's the diva sitting in my seat. And there's this great shot of me because the, the airline guy had been in cahoots with Mary. She'll tell her end of the story. But there's this great shot of my, when I, it was, my phone drops out of my mouth onto the floor. And it because it was, it was impossible. Mary was sitting there on the plane, but it was that moment was impossible because I knew where she, she was. was. Cooking. That's she crazy. was cooking. That's so great. How did you do that, Mary? How did you beat him there? We, by the way, we had this whole thing, including all my snottiness, on film because the guy caught me. So the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ellen showed. Ellen, yeah, that's you, probably where you saw it as. Oh, Ellen maybe, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, I knew that I wanted to go because. I thought it was a big thing that he was being um, asked to do that, you know, um, with James Lipton. And, and I didn't want him to go by himself. Um, but I sort of like messing with his head and surprising <laughs> him. And, um, and it just amuses me to give him surprises. And so the, I was dressed under the bathrobe and... I'd already made the pies. They were already all finished and, or at least what I needed to finish, I'd already finished and frozen. And, you know, it was all the, the Thanksgiving dinner was going to be fine. And, um, and we were in cahoots with his driver, my driver and his driver were sort of doing it so that we could get there very quickly. And, and then the lovely man from the airline helped me to get onto the plane without Ted actually seeing me. So oh, it was, so it, it was really fun. And we had a great time flying to New York together. And I love that story. The, when you, when you look at the video, I literally lean over Mary and Mary starts to laugh because she knows. I I'm can't about believe to. he doesn't recognize me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like two feet from him. Well, and and he you don't believe this about me, but I, I have this kind of knee jerk reaction that I, if, if a woman is beautiful, I don't look directly at them. I mean, I will glance and go, Oh, beautiful. It better look away. Yeah. No, I believe it. I just think it's sad. I know it's sad, but it's true. You just, you know. Uh, so I, I had flashed, oh, beautiful woman diva sitting in my seat, dark glasses. Why do you keep hat. calling her a diva? Well, because she was me. in my seat and she was oh. wearing a baseball cap and dark glasses in first class. In first class. So right. who does that? Who does that? A diva. Anyway. 
Oh, I love that. Well, Nick has successfully surprised me um, two or three times. What have you done? Well, Well, one time was when I was doing a show on Broadway and, you know, it's another elaborate thing where he's out of town and, oh gosh, you know, how long is it going to be till you can get, because we have a two week rule. We've never been apart for more than two weeks. Right. We have the same. Oh, yeah. That's the only way I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that story is also serves as a great answer as to what makes a relationship great. It's, it's having that, uh, that desire to, you know, to strengthen and, and fulfill the fellowship of two. And and you're lucky yes. that you know that it's going to be so meaningful to the other person. Because a lot of people would be like, oh, you're here? <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My- that would have been sad given all yeah. the trouble I went Oh, through. God. <laughs> you again. Yeah. My- yeah, he's done that a few times for me when I was out of uh, working, you know, like doing a show on Broadway one time and then one time when I was in Oklahoma City visiting my mom and a couple of other times. And then one time recently, I actually got him. He was shooting devs in uh, uh, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. And I <laughs> I was so nervous. And I, he, I knew, I found out what time he was going to be coming back from rehearsal to his hotel room. And um, I like hid in the bathroom. <laughs> it was like, I turned all the lights off in the room. I could have scared him to death. <laughs> but uh, he opened the door and I... I didn't want to scare him too bad, but it was, it was fun. I want to do that more. And it's, it's great with, with modern technology. Uh, this, this is, this is a great tip to, uh, to aspiring romantics is you can set it up. So, you know, you're sincerely missing each other and it's, and, and it's really hard. And, uh, I, when Megan was, it must've been around a holiday cause I told her, that I had sent her something uh, to Oklahoma City. So you can be on the phone with her <laughs> and, and say, Oh, yeah, he did that one. Oh, I miss you. You know, I wish I was there. Anyway, <laughs> have a great night. I was on the phone with him and I was at my friend Rhonda's house in Oklahoma City and I was upstairs and she wasn't home and the doorbell rang. And I was like, Sorry, honey, somebody's at the door. And he's like, Well, you probably, you should probably get it, right? Like if it's a package being delivered. And I was like, I guess. And so I went down there and I'm talking, we're talking, talking, and I down the stairs and I go and I open the door and I actually kept talking to him for a second. And it took me a minute to like make the connection. You're right. It's like it's like your brain goes, I know he's not here, he's on the phone. Yeah. And, then, so, and there he is. It's like there's a, there is that split second of yeah, not comprehending what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. My kids, that's so good. My kids did that one time uh, on Mother's Day. I was doing that movie, The Proposal, back east, and I I was missing them on Mother's Day. And um, I was in cahoots. You were in cahoots, and we were at a restaurant together, and I was so happy that you were taking me out for Mother's Day, but all around us were all these tables of people with their kids. And mine called me and I was like, really trying to be, to suck it up and not be sad that um, 
I mean, they're adults at this point. They're adult children, by the way, <laughs> when this took place. But um, anyway, that I wasn't with any of them. And I hung up and I walked in the door. So it, and they had flown all that way. So that, I mean, I think so nice. anything like that where you, um, you know, it really is like declaring declaring that you're important to me. I, I think those moments are I'm terrible at because I can't uh, I can't keep secrets. I you know yeah, my you faith you know it's terrible. So so then what what's going on with you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you're talking about. You know it's, or, or it's like you want to share the glee of what you're doing with your best friend who you're trying yeah. to surprise. So yeah. it's like. You'll never believe this clever thing I'm planning. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, as we were talking about it, I think it occurred to me that um, I, I would be equally as excited uh, to see Nick. It doesn't have to be a some dire time where I really need to see him. It's just any time. Like even if. We're both home in Los Angeles and he is going out for the day and he has two meetings and the second meeting gets canceled and he comes home like two hours earlier. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's like two hours I didn't think I was going to have. I just, anytime, it doesn't have to be a special occasion or anything. The key is to be, to, is to understand that when you're, deciding to spend your life with somebody, it's important that they make you feel that way. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, you, you, you got, you guys are pretty sweet. This yeah. is not, a, this was a great first date. So the next time, you know, we're allowed to actually go out uh, and we go out with you, it'll be, we've broken the ice. Truly. Yes. This was a lovely conversation. Thank you. So can, nice. Can I you just, guys are so great. Can I just also say that, um, uh, our son, Charlie McDowell, uh, saw you recently in Philadelphia when you were touring Nick and saw your show and was so inspired by it on every level he's a writer director and he just thought it was so brilliant such a brilliant evening and so brilliantly written and and executed but he also was inspired enough to go take woodworking classes <laughs> and wow. because of you i have a really really lovely a lovely cutting, cutting board. board that i never would have had um and uh, so did quite a few other people yeah. got them that he loves for Christmas, and it was all because of you. So I, I think if we did this interview and I didn't say that, he would he would want me to tell you because he he just was so inspired by you. Oh, nice. Well, that's that's very gratifying. Thank you. And uh, you know, we all uh, are lucky to get to uh, sing the songs that occur to us. And um, it's really nice to hear when it uh, when it brightens somebody's day. And before we wrap up, I would also like I th I feel like there's a chance uh, that our director friend Brett Haley may listen to this podcast, and he would be absolutely heartbroken if we didn't mention yeah. that Ted and I became friends. We met around uh, being part Target. of the. The Mike, sh yeah, and and then uh, was Fargo where did, did we meet yeah. on the 
We met on, uh, I think, Fargo. I guess so. And then, and then, so we already were pals by the time the good place started. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but, but Ted, but, but we, but we didn't spend, you know, deep time together. No, we, we, no. we were, we were buddies. We were high, high handshake buddies. And, um, and I called Ted, we were casting this independent movie, uh, hearts beat loud. And I called Ted out of the blue and said, will you come to Brooklyn and, and play my friend and bartender for a few scenes? And Ted said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I said, well, do you want me to send you the script or, you know, and he said, no, no, sounds like fun. <laughs> and he came and was so wonderful and generous. And that, uh, was, I think the root of, of us becoming yeah. now, now good lifelong friends. And, and yes, I agree, Nick, completely. And what I was amazed by, because I, I did not have a heavy load, but I think I was there like two or three days maybe, and I got to watch you, you know, go from, I don't know about go from, but, you know, you are a character actor. We're all character actors here, but, but you were embracing being the lead, you know, the romantic lead of this film, and you were so sweet and uh, vulnerable and, and by the way, amazing in that film. I love I thought that you film. were just brilliant. That yeah. film is lovely. People should. Wow. This is a good time for people yeah. that haven't seen it to really watch nice, it. Yeah. Really nice and it, movie. What, what that film captured, this is Brett's, you know, toot his horn a little bit, but it captured creativity being... You know, a song being made. Mm -hmm. yeah. You really got that creative uh, moment of a song being created, and I thought that was that yeah. was amazing. But you were really wonderful in it, and yes, lifelong friends. Aww, well, that's nice. Thank you. And I, I uh, since we've been sitting here, I looked it up. It wasn't the Thin Red Line. It was Saving Private Ryan. But oh. I, I know, I knew I had. A memory of that Same. granite jawline in, <laughs> yes. in one of yes. those period helmets. So while we've been talking, you've been looking at your phone, basically. Yeah, he's been. I actually, yeah, and, I actually yeah. made a, a pot of goulash since we started. <laughs> Oh, well, thank He's you, Ted. Much and Mary, love. Mary much and love to you. This yeah. is thank so lovely. You. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, beauties. Bed. Thank and you I, so much. It's been another episode of In Bed with Nick and Megan. Guess you might call me a In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 